Hello and welcome to our fabulous listeners. I am your host Moira Geary and this is The Positivity Project. And on today's episode, through popular demand and lots of requests, we're going to talk about the inner critic. And before we jump into the inner critic, I just want to outline a little bit about when people think of a little voice in their heads. They often say to me, but Moira, I don't have a little voice in my head. And then I say to them, well, it's that little voice that's just told you that. That's the voice that I'm talking about. And first of all, just to say that that inner voice can be very positive and it can be very, very supportive to us. But when we talk about the inner critic, that voice can be very detrimental and can be very, very harmful. So if I was to give you a little bit of a, an overview or a, a form of a definition, but it's not a, a definition from a dictionary, but it's, I suppose, my definition, I would define it as it's a term that is used to describe the negative and self-critical thoughts that people often have about themselves. So it's about us criticising ourselves it's not necessarily about I know that sometimes internally we might criticize things outside of us so that might be our environment or it might be about other people but the inner critic is really today we're talking about that that voice in our heads that gives out about us or criticizes us now the thoughts that um, are being described by the inner critic they can be especially destructive when they are very harsh and also what can happen is that they're very repetitive. So it's happening subconsciously, but it's happening all the time, repeating over and over again, because it's become a little bit like a pattern and the subconscious doesn't know to even stop it. It also can be very unbalanced and it obviously can then lead to low self-esteem. It can lead to self-doubt and it can lead to a lack of confidence. And I think that's why I get so many requests to talk about this. And on this uh, podcast, I'm going to give you seven little pointers or tips that will help you with it. And for any of you that are listening, you might be thinking, well, I don't actually have an inner critic. I can guarantee you we all have. And I believe that even after, you know, I'm in this business over 20 years and I really implement so much of what I teach. Having said that, five minutes before I came on this podcast, because this is about my fourth time starting it because I made different little mistakes and forgot to do things. And I noticed that even out loud, my inner critic came out and started to give out to me a little bit. So none of us are exempt. And it's the, the one point I suppose there is the fact that, yes, that happened to me a few minutes ago, but I'm very aware and I'll cover that actually as we go through, because that's one of the points. It's really important that when we become aware that then we can actually do something about it. But according to positive psychology, the inner critic can be a major obstacle to happiness and to well-being. And I think that's really important. So it's not just me talking about my experience over the last 20 years of working with people, which is, I think, very valid and, and very important because I can speak from a place of experience. But also there has been quite a bit of scientific research done on this. And of course, as usual, anything that I talk about in relation to the research, I will have the references in the show notes so that you can have a look at the at the different studies that have been done. But within positive psychology, it also says that it can lead to negative and um, a very negative self perception and also low self-esteem. And obviously a lack of confidence will follow on from that as well. 
Um, and that can also turn into a host of very negative outcomes, such as things like difficulty maybe in setting or achieving goals. It can be difficult in forming um, and maintaining healthy relationships and also difficulty in finding meaning and purpose in life, which is when you think about it, it, it can actually cause quite a lot of carnage and difficulties and problems for us if we don't recognize it first and then address it. In positive psychology, it also emphasizes the importance of building strengths and using them to improve well-being. Because of focusing on our strengths, we can increase confidence and resilience, which can also help to reduce the power of the inner critic over time. And for many of you, I know that you will know that positive psychology has a little bit, well not a little bit, quite a different slant to the um I don't want to say old school, but traditional psychology. So positive psychology really focuses more on flourishing and thriving. So it's focusing on how we can build confidence and also build resilience. So that's why I think they've done so many studies on the inner critic. So our inner critic can often turn up as a result of negative experiences or messages that we might have received during childhood or in our adolescence. Um, and I would say that that would be probably 90% of where it comes from. Um, and these experiences and message can be internalized and can become the basis of our negative beliefs and our negative thoughts and obviously then of the inner critic. And the inner critic then will use these to judge us. Now, what happens is that when the inner critic, first of all, you know, we starts off giving out to us when certain certain people might have said things to us and we've taken those things on as a truth. Somebody might have said you're stupid or you're not capable or you're lazy or you're annoying or whatever it is. And if we've heard that externally and we've taken it on subconsciously as a truth, then what will happen is that the inner critic will latch onto it and it'll start saying it to us on a regular basis um, over time. And as we, as I said at the top of this podcast, it can be very harsh and very repetitive. Now, the problem is that when things are repeated a lot of the time, then they start to get ingrained into our subconscious and into our neurology, and they almost become a little bit like a, a bit of a default program. Now, the other thing, too, is that when we have the inner critic playing out and talking, um, our ego is involved in that. And remember that I know that a lot of you already know this, that the ego is very righteous and the ego likes to prove itself to be right. So if the inner critic is saying, oh, look at you, you're very stupid or for God's sake, why did you do that way? Or you're very lazy, etc. Remember that if the ego is at play, it will be looking and seeking for references to compound that to be true, because in its righteousness and wanting to be right, it will go seeking out those things, meaning that it's not going to recognize other things that you might have done that were not negative, that were very empowering, very good, very productive and very successful. So it's very important to recognize when you're experiencing a negative um, internal self-talk or inner critic, and then to try and reframe those thoughts in a more realistic and a more positive way. I know that this can be a challenging process when we're trying to reframe something that we've been listening to for a very long time or something that because we've listened to it so often that we have started to believe it. But it can help you to feel better about yourself and also to build resilience. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple of minutes. But there are also many different strategies and techniques that can be helpful for managing your inner critic and also to reduce its impact and I'm going to share seven pointers with you to get you started. 
So the first one is awareness. And I know any of you that are following me for a while, you will have heard me talk about awareness in relation to everything that I teach. Because if we're not aware of what we would like to change or a pattern that we're running, then it's almost impossible to change it because we can't change what we don't acknowledge. So awareness is absolutely key. Um, and basically, as I'm saying, that we can't possibly make effective change if we're not aware that something is actually present so that it exists and also the extent to which it's present. So what I would ask you to do in relation to that is just to take some time and have a little look at becoming aware of, I was going to say, is your inner critic there? But I know all of us have one. So the extent of it. So have a look and see what does the inner critic saying to you when it is speaking and how often does it speak? So just give you an example. I remember working with a client and I say it's probably 10 or 15 years ago now since I worked with her. And she was a girl in her late 30s and she was living at home with her mum, two of them together. And she was finding it very difficult at work to overcome a lot of difficulties and to be able to stand up for herself and speak her truth and to be able to step into her power and to go with what she or not to go with, but to express what she really believed in and to try and get other people to listen to her. And what she described to me was that she couldn't do it because, and then she started doing the narrative of her inner critic. Um, and it was really obvious to me and it was really apparent. So when I just paused her, I asked her just to take a breath and then I re recounted back to her through some of the things that she was saying and asked her where this had come from and where did she think it had come from and pointed out to her that we have many different opportunities to have voices that would speak to us in our heads and asking her which one that was and she absolutely went into almost like I won't say shock but she was just really surprised and she said to me what do you mean and I said that voice in your head that you are listening to the one that has been expressing your truth while you're sitting here with me that is just a voice in your head it's not all of you it's just one aspect of you and because you've got used to listening to that because that's the narrative and it, that it's been saying for so long in a harsh and repetitive way and it has been saying it so loudly that you haven't noticed that you have the opportunity to have other voices come in and speak to you in a more gentle compassionate way once she became aware that that was the situation literally it was such a big reframe for her that everything changed. Now, I would have seen her for two sessions following that. And from her realization and for all of that coming into her awareness in that session, she literally turned everything around at work and everything was completely different. Also, there were a lot of changes in her relationship with her mom as well, which wasn't necessarily a bad relationship, but definitely there was um, room for improvement, to say the least. And she noticed that a lot of where the internal dialogue and the inner critic was coming from was a lot of different things that her mum might have said to her and how she perceived what her mum meant. So it's really important that we become aware. That's number one. Number two is to pay attention and to become aware of what it is actually saying to you. So in other words, what are the actual words? Now, I would highly recommend that you would take maybe some time over a week and to make notes on that. So you're actually looking for the words because when we have the words, 
then on one of the points following on, we'll be looking at reframing. So it'll be important that we have the statements that the inner critic says. It's almost like we're calling it out and we're bringing it out into the open, not to beat ourselves up, but just to become aware and pay attention to exactly what it is saying to us. Then we move on to number three. And number three is that we acknowledge that the inner critic's thoughts and beliefs are not necessarily true. And obviously they're not terribly helpful, but we just need to acknowledge that. And they may be based, as I said earlier on, our, on our past experiences or on negative beliefs that we have about ourselves, um, but they don't define us. So it's important to have a look and think, okay, their thoughts and their beliefs that are not necessarily helpful, they're not necessarily true. Where might they have come from? Because remember, we create our own beliefs based on our experiences and the meaning we put on them. So it's our perception of what happened. That's what creates our beliefs. So it's really important to acknowledge that, okay? So acknowledge that, that these thoughts and beliefs are not necessarily true or helpful and that they are based most likely on past experiences. So have a little route around and see, can you identify maybe where they have come from? And again, with compassion, no beating up, no judgment on anybody, all we're doing here is getting curious and unraveling. Number four then is where we start to challenge the inner critic. So we're going to challenge the words by looking at evidence for and against what it's saying. So um, what you could do here is maybe ask, is it a balanced or, or is it realistic what it's saying? Or is it overly negative and is it distorted? So basically, you're just having a little look. And again, I'll give you an example of my a personal example. I remember in my late teens, um, a, a beautiful person that was so important to me in my life and I respected their view on so many things. Um, one time passed a comment to me that I had changed a lot. And of course I had because I was going through my teenage years and that I wasn't as helpful as I would have been. So in other words, I wasn't as engaged in in helping out and doing things with that person as much as I would have in the past. Now, that was just a comment from somebody that was feeling something different about the way I was behaving. But I decided subconsciously to take that on. And my perception of what that meant was, was that I was lazy. And I started to believe that. And from that belief, my inner critic would have constantly beat me up through my late teenage years and into my early 20s and through a lot of my nurse training, where it would have constantly have been in the back of my mind telling me I was lazy. And the impact that had on me was that I believed I wasn't enough. I worked terribly hard and, and really pushed myself in areas that was ridiculous because there was no need for me to do it. Um, it, put a lot, it put a lot of energy of fear in my physical body and it definitely had a knock in my confidence. Now, I don't for a second blame the person that said those things because they were just expressing an opinion. It was my interpretation of what they said allowed my inner critic to start believing that about me and then to start having those conversations with me in my head a lot of the time, which had quite a negative impact on me. So to help me with that and to help you with whatever you've found so far, number five will help us with that. So with number five, what we do is we start reframing the inner critic's thoughts in a more positive and a more accurate way. And the word accurate is really important. So it's basically like for me with my example of believing and, and saying that I was lazy. 
remember I was saying a couple of moments ago too that the inner critic is very connected to the ego so self-righteousness so if I believed and my inner critic believed I was lazy it would want to prove itself to be true so when it's proving itself to be right and finding things to compound the truth of that what happens is subconsciously we keep looking for and obviously finding all the things that will make that true however when I was starting to reframe the inner critic's thoughts and I was looking at how accurate was it I started to almost like pull out of it. So pull myself back and ask myself, is this really true? Am I always lazy? Where is the evidence of the times when I wasn't lazy, even if it was something small? And I started to find them. And the more I found, the more I looked for. And the more I looked for, the more I found. So by putting back from it, I, yes, could notice that there were times maybe that I had been lazy, which is normal and perfectly healthy but also I could see that there were a lot more times where I definitely wasn't lazy which started to break that belief system and what I like to say is that it's like what started to loosen up my model of my world so it started to take the energy out of that belief system and it started to help me to reframe so if you're looking to reframe something that you found in relation to your inner critic or something that it's saying to you, you can use sentences or sentence starters. So there's a couple of little words that you can put at the beginning of a sentence, which are, I'll give you an example of two. So let's just say you're saying, like for me, I was saying, God, you're very lazy. You never got that done. What I could use as a sentence starter is at least. So by starting the next sentence with at least, I'd say at least I started. OK, I didn't finish. But at least I started, which means that I'm not 100% lazy. Um, that would be one example. And another example would be a sentence starter, which is yes, but. So in other words, if I was saying, God, you're very lazy, you didn't get that done. I could say yes, but. And then I would find a reframe or some other end to that statement to show some element where it's proving that I'm not 100% lazy. So I hope those two will help you. Um, and I'll give you another example. So an example, your inner critic might be saying something like, oh, look at you, you messed up again. Um, you could reframe that with something where like, well, at least I gave it a go. At least I got started. Or um, I won't do it that way again. You could, th that would be another sort of example of um, how you can start to reframe. And I'm sure you get the gist. So the two sentence starters are at least... And the second one is yes, but now remember that all of this is in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's all below the YouTube video. Um, and so you'll, you'll, you don't have to write all of this down because it'll all be there for you. So we're moving on now to number six. And number six is know that your inner critic is not the only available voice in your head. You also have many more. And I'm going to talk about one in particular that I love, which is I call my superhero. So, you know, everybody's got their own idea of what if you were to be a superhero, what um, what superpowers would you have? Um, or there might be a superhero that you really like. And if you think about it, you have the ability to tap into a part of you that has been amazing, particularly if somebody was doing something that went against your values. So in other words, if somebody was being really rude to somebody close to you, you would feel strongly that you want to say something. Um, so there is always, all of, all of us have that energy in us where 
which I call mini means and maybe sometime I'll do a, a podcast on mini means which is very very powerful so it's like mini aspects of our personality so if you think about it you have thousands of mini aspects of your personality including superheroes including your motivator including your um compassionate energy or your compassionate part uh, your carer your magician your preacher your jester your joker your comedian your entertainer uh, your victim your skeptic there's loads and loads and loads of what we call mini means or little mini personalities that we all have access to within our bigger personality but for a lot of us the one that we've been listening to most of the time is our inner critic but I want you to know today from this moment, from listening to this podcast, you have access to thousands of other aspects of your personality that have a different voice to your inner critic. So now that you're aware, and remember that was number one, you actually have a choice because now that you're aware, you can't be unaware because as they say, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. So now that you know, you know that you can start to listen to and utilize the voice of some other aspect of your personality that would be much more empowering and that would support you in a much better way. And for me, I love to use one like a superhero, um, but you can make up your own superhero and get a sense of the personality of that superhero. And what would that superhero say to you that would replace what your inner critic has been saying to you? So number seven then is um, another aspect, which is by practicing self-compassion, because I think that's really, really important. Um, and I know it might sound a little bit lofty, but, you know, you can learn to be more accepting and more forgiving of yourself and to develop a more positive and supportive inner voice as well as learning to be kinder and more supportive towards others. And again, you could utilize, you know, an, another aspect of your personality. Let's call it your compassionate aspect. So if you have if you think about the compassionate aspect that you have in you, that would be very compassionate towards others. What type of um, internal dialogue would that compassionate part have for others? And then you would relay that to you, to yourself as well. In other words, to speak to yourself the way you would you, you like to speak to others when it is in a compassionate way. OK, now there have been loads of studies done um, in the world of positive psychology on the inner critic and self-compassion really has featured a lot in that. And um, as I say in the show notes, they are that I've put in um, a couple of the studies and what the outcomes were from those studies and also the references from those as well. So if you want to have a look at those, then you'll find them below um, on the uh, show notes. So I hope that that outline or just overviewing what the inner critic is, how it plays out, how it can be so destructive. And then the seven little things that um, little, little pointers and tips will get you started on. I don't want to say challenging your inner critic because I think it's important to, to be compassionate with, towards it, because remember, it is doing what it's doing for a reason. And it believes that it's doing a good job, whether that it believes that it's um, trying to protect you in some way or, as I was saying earlier, that uh, if there's ego involved, that it's just proving itself to be right. But don't forget, too, that everybody has flaws and that everybody makes mistakes. None of us are perfect, nor will we ever be. So by challenging your inner critic, um, you can begin to weaken it, actually, and you can weaken its power and also you can weaken its influence over you. 
So with all of that said, it's also very important for me to say now, don't forget to follow the podcast channel if you are on Spotify or um, Apple. I'm not sure which ones you can follow but on, but you definitely can follow on Spotify. And please leave a rating if you found this um, helpful in any way. Um, you have to listen to the end seemingly um, to at least one video on the channel. So follow the channel and if you're comfortable to do so, I would love it if you would leave a little rating. And also if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when we have more episodes coming out. And if you need any more support um, and other tips and ideas that um, I share across lots of other platforms, um, and as I always say, to stay in the circle, all of the links on how you can stay in the circle will be on the show notes or below the video on YouTube. So that's it for today. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope that was helpful.